Delusions of Grandeur. Like, sure. What, what, I'm not even really sure what that means. Just one of the Star Wars phrases. Um, you could kind of switch them around. They seem much more uh, connected in a way that even though the Shadow Academy had like an arc, the individual books sort of stood kind of alone in a, in a sense. And, and this one yeah, I intertwined don't, yeah, much more. Yeah, I don't feel like this book or last week's book yeah, you could really read. like stand alone and in some ways it's a little bit frustrating because it doesn't feel like the book has a full arc yeah to it, it definitely feels serial like very serialized yeah but in other ways it's it's good like it's building up yeah and, more. and this one more than any of them I think maybe since lightsabers felt like a breath of fresh like it just felt the narrative was a little the structure was a little bit different than what we've been getting we don't start on Yavin. We don't end on Yavin. Oh, like, that's... It's, it's new. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot... There, yeah, I, I liked a lot of it, and I really enjoyed a lot of the new the new characters. Yes. So which I can't wait to get into good some to of discuss. them. So we start with Raynar's mom. Who is Leia? Yeah. She's the Leia that we've been missing. Yes. <laughs> we'll get into that. They were too busy. Yeah, they saved uh, They saved Leia to she be Leia's Raynar's personality. <laughs> and she looks like Leia. Yeah, she has chestnut brown hair. Hair description. She's uh, running the Born Aaron, which is a conglomeration of Bornin and her name Aaron. Right. Trading company in absence of her husband who's been missing. We knew this from the last book. She's on... Her trading ship, right? So Tradewind, I think it's called. Yeah, Tradewind. So she and her husband were off of Alderaan at yes. the time that it exploded, and they seem to have never actually settled on another planet. They yes. just have this like space. It's not like a full-on space station, but like a fleet. A fleet. They yeah. have a fleet of ships that they live on, and that's their home. Right. And they travel through the galaxy right. on their. And fleet. these are Raynar's parents. Right, Raynar's parents. Um, and so we start with her, and she's discussing with her brother-in-law, Tycho. Right. Uh, her husband's absence. She's extremely worried. It's a mysterious occurrence that happened. He was supposed to be delivering some mysterious thing. Right, they don't know. And she thinks that some harm must have befallen him, and Tycho thinks that right. he just like got hiding. himself into trouble, yeah. and he, this is a voluntary disappearance. Right. Um, and she decides, no, my family's in danger, and I want my son with me, right. so I'm gonna, I want Luke Skywalker to bring Raynar yeah. here. Because Luke is a, a devoted teacher who would <laughs> let no harm come to her son. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, real convinced that Luke's the right person to do this. Yeah. Luke's, um. the guy with the, <laughs> Luke's the guy with the keys to the shadow chaser. <laughs> right. I guess that's true. Um. 
So we get that sort of like cold open kind of right. scene. Uh, and then we're back on Yavin uh, with our young Jedi Knights. Mm-hmm. Jason's starting to finally feel a little guilty yeah. about how terrible he's <laughs> treated Raynar. And Jaina too. And Jaina too. Yeah, um, they're, they're starting to, to, you know. Be like, oh wait, we're jerks. Yeah, his father's missing, perhaps dead. Yeah. And we've been treating him like crap. Uh, so they uh, attempt to... Jason's try- kind of trying to pal around. Yeah, like bring him into the fold a little yeah. bit, into and, the group. And so when... Um, when... Raynar, when Luke tells Raynar, I'm right. taking you to your mom, Jason invites them along. Jason's like, and we'll come too. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Jason's like, it, it, to make amends, like, right. why don't we, so you're not bored. Right, we'll go with you. Yeah. Uh, Again, one of those decisions that <laughs> yeah. doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But they all, oh, so Luke, Jason, and Raynar jump on the Shadow, the Shadow Chaser. Tanel. Loie and Jaina are in the rock dragon. Right. And I don't they, remember why they didn't all go together, but... I, oh, because Luke's going to leave them. Right. <laughs> Luke's just going to... He loves to dump kids. Right, so Luke's <laughs> going Luke's gonna to drop them off, even though he's not told anyone that he's bringing no. these extra mm-hmm. kids. And so he's like, all right, and then you guys stay for a few days, help Raynor get yeah. settled at his home, at his and home. then come back to Yavin. Yeah, so as they're traveling there, they're, the they're given um, coordinates to a location Looks like it's not the right location, but it turns out that the fleet is kind of jumping around. Right. They're making sure that no one's following them, that this is safe. Right. They're really paranoid right yeah. now. Um, so they sort of make a big deal about the sort of false coordinates, and then they give them the real coordinates, um, and they meet up with the fleet. Yeah, Luke basically is just like, bye, you're here. I did my job. <laughs> Bare minimum of work. <laughs> Jedi Master, out. <laughs> um, so they... Spend some time with Raynar's mom and his uncle. They are very steeped in Alderanian culture. Culture, which seems to bore the heck out of the young Jedi. Yeah, Knights. I have things to say about this. <laughs> but they do the ceremonial water ceremony. Right. Um, Aaron is very gracious host. Yeah, and they have like the Cirque du Soleil themed dinner. Yeah, it's <laughs> a real lovely time uh, with Raynar's family. And then. The fleet, Raynor's family, the, their main ship is somehow isolated from the fleet yes. via trickery and attacked by a bounty hunter. Right. Um, um, and with the help of Jaina. Oh, Jaina and Loey stay on the brig. Not the brig. The brig is the prison. Yeah. Um, the, <laughs> the, br- the bridge. bridge. Yeah. <laughs> Star Trek bridge. <laughs> Jaina and Loey stay on the bridge to help fight the bounty hunter ship. Yes. And Jason and Tenelka get a feeling... That something's amiss, so they follow the officer who was supposed to take Raynar and Raynar's mother to safety, and it turns out right. that guy's in league with the bounty His hunter, brother. and yeah. was all was also going to participate in kidnapping them to right. use them as hostages to draw out Horn and Thal. Yeah, he uh, only needed one of them, right? He was like, whoever. Yeah, whoever, whichever one I could get. Uh, so they find out right that these bound these bounty hunters are after them. That gives them. Oh my god! <laughs> Listen to the thread of the plot already. They somehow figure out that Bornin was on the planet Quar. Yeah, is that how we're gonna say that word? Let's, let's call it Quar. Quar. Okay, and that's the not the homeworld of the Mandalorians, which are the bounty hunters that Boba Fett sort of emulates. 
um, or the people that Boba Fett emulates. Yeah, he wears Mandalorian armor. Right. Um, they're sort of a nomadic tribe, but they did at one point call Quar. Like, they occupied right, Quar. Right, for a while. Um, and so they decide to, again, I don't know how these decisions are getting made, but the Jedi Knights on the Rock Dragon decide, we'll, by ourselves, children, go to Quar, see if we can find any evidence right. of they your some, husband. They decide that they, that's going to be where they have a shot of picking up some Right, some sort of evidence. Sense. At the same time, we're getting sort of vignettes of Nula. Yeah. This is how I'm gonna help. <laughs> so I'm trying to figure out this plot. Are we, gonna say, are we calling involved. her Nula or Nola? I want to say Nula because Ula was the okay. Then it's definitely Nula. Was the name of her her half sister. So Nula is the is a Twi'lek mm-hmm. or the the aliens with the long right tentacles. Right, Bib Fortuna in uh, Jabba's palace was a Twi'lek. She is the leader of this political movement right so called the diversity alliance right so there's the idea that the diversity alliance presents itself as just sort of a peaceful aliens first political coalition right but that they actually have some violent yeah grim intentions yeah towards the, humans and what we find out in this book is that the main plot is this virus right that there's a plague. Only affects, right, only affects humans. So the plague is why born and disappeared. He realized that he was delivering, delivering the, not the actual plague, right. but the location of, of the, the plague. plague. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I accept it. <laughs> so he knew, he, maybe he doesn't know, but he had a thing that was going to tell Nula where, where the, plague the plague was. was. Yes. And the guy who had given her that information told Borden that that's what it was. And Borden was like, well, I can't give that to her. Now. That's not good. Yeah. So he disappeared with it. He disappears. And that's why she's got all these bounty hunters after After him. him. Um, But the vignettes that we get of Nula are just her and Havrock. Havrock. I want to say Horvac, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's switch those letters. But it's Havrock. Current Havrock. Who is a werewolf. Yes. They even call him a wolfman. <laughs> yeah, he is the wolf. He is the wolfman. Yeah, she and Havrock are recruiting, are just going over recruitment strategies for various, various alien species. Including the Bartoks. Including the Bartoks to join yeah. the diversity alliance. Just... Species by species. Like, Hoffrock's just got his encyclopedia <laughs> of alien life, and he's... Yeah, like, and it's the same one that we have as Star Wars fans, right. because it's, like, Biff's, you know, Bartok, like, just going right. he's through just the ones got, that like, we are familiar with. He's got with. his PowerPoint show. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's got the Star Wars encyclopedia. Right. He's just, like, just explaining to her. <laughs> and I don't know why they're doing this, because every species is like, well, we should recruit them. And I'm like, yeah. And yeah. then the next one's like, well, we should recruit them. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Like, yeah. Okay, well, these ones we recruited. Good. Good. Yeah. <laughs> it's basically that, but we sort of get the, her, so her backstory is that um, Ryloth, which is the homeworld of the Twi'leks, was a predominantly sort of like patriarchal society. Yeah, it's kind of like a Handmaid's Tale situation. Oh, yeah. Very violent. Um, like that women were all enslaved. Enslaved, yeah. And Twi'leks have like sharp teeth and 
female Twi'leks would have their teeth sanded down. Yeah, right, and the males would have them, like, pointed. pointed. And their claws would be sanded off and stuff so that they could be enslaved either as sex objects or workers or servants. Uh, So she has somehow risen uh, through the ranks. She killed her slave masters and staged a rebellion on Ryloth, and now she rules Ryloth with an iron fist. And her whole deal, I wrote it down, uh, not necessarily her motivations, which maybe I don't know enough about them, but she's aesthetically very much like a a Bond villain. Yes. Like, she has... (laughs) Yeah, like, you know... Put her hands together. Yeah, she's cl- like she's clicking <laughs> her super sharp yeah, she's nails got together. She's got claws. She's got these like tattoos yeah, she just on her like tentacle. A name and she she's got the <laughs> the false eye implanted in yeah, the, back the back of her, of her head, head, so she yeah. could see. Which I don't think a Bond villain ever did that, but they would. Yeah, she is her. Uh, what do they call them? The leku. I don't think they use that word in the book. No, they but that's don't. What they're called the her uh, tentacles are tattooed, which is a sign of uh, the, right endurance because apparently it's very very they're very sensitive and it's very very painful right every every needle job is super painful and she even the planet of ryloth which oh god is, <laughs> half of the planet is just burning fire yeah scorched earth sun in you know it's just extreme like daylight all the time yeah, daylight all the time and the other side is frozen tundra yeah icy night all yeah. the time and there's a little strip of twilight space in the middle that's inhabitable right. which i guess is why they're called twilight Twilights, yeah um and so even the like the weather extremes and her she's got an underground layer yeah she's very not actually inside a volcano but it kind of sounds be. like it's inside yeah. a volcano and i think they said that she's got like an a rock throne that she's yeah on she or doesn't something. Rock throne. yeah she's yeah she's super bond villain so and she has a sidekick which is she's got a wolfman sidekick, sidekick very very Bond. Like the, the grotesque side. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, Not the Wolfman. I know that we yeah. Bond is a wolf. <laughs> she's got a grotesque, bitey side. Yeah, very bitey. I'm <laughs> hungry. Um, he eats a guy. He eats a guy. <laughs> we'll talk about it. But her, uh, the other side of this is her, part of her motivation is that her half-sister was Ula, who was the green dancing Twi'lek from Jabba's Palace that we first met. In Return of the Jedi, she has a story and tales from Jabba's Palace, so I'm wondering if they Match connect at all. I'm surprised. Um, yeah, Cameron J. Anderson did edit that book, so yeah. <laughs> it could come together. And Ula was eaten by the Rancor yes. in Return of the Jedi. And as a child, I always wondered why. She seemed like she yeah, was doing a good mean, job. Yeah, I mean, in this book, Nola, Nula says, like, it was no reason that right, she... Right, the Jabba just felt like... He just felt like Seeing a Rancor eat somebody. Um, so, you know, her sort of tortured sister... It's kind of helping to motivate. Right. Um, so her own experience as an enslaved and oppressed Twilight right. woman and the experience that Ula had that she's got a she's got a real just never again yeah, kind of attitude. Sort of vendetta uh, against the New Republic, which is very human. Right. She focused. hates all humans. Yeah. Um so we get some of her and and Havrak talking right they're chatting just going through um, the office i guess maybe it might be useful to just barrel through zex <laughs> okay so the most delightful bounty hunter that ever lived yeah. <laughs> it's just gung-ho <laughs> ready to learn so zex is just <laughs> headed off everywhere be like hey i'm a bounty hunter and i'm trying real hard <laughs> i'm gonna bounty hunt i'm gonna yeah. find a bounty and so a guy with three arms says hey 
I have someone you could try to find. Yeah. And I mean, I guess it's a smaller point, but it cracks me. The guy's like, I'll pay you a modest bounty if you bring back this. Yeah. It's like, that's not a, it's not an amount. Yeah, a modest bounty. <laughs> much Maybe money? the Bounty Hunter Creed has, like, how much modest amount, <laughs> low amount. Like, how much money? Can you imagine if you went in for a job interview, like, and what we're offering you <laughs> is a reasonable slide. Yeah. We're offering you a reasonable salary <laughs> with modest benefits. Like, Panera, and they're like, how much does this sandwich cost? And they're like, a moderate amount. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> it's, 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 it's some amount. It's what do you care? care? Reasonable amount of money. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, so he's, and the guy he's looking for is, like, tangentially related. He's who... Oh, who they were supposed to meet who up with. Who Bornenthal was supposed to meet up with yeah. at the time of his disappearance. So he sends him to, it sends him to this planet, um, where the plague has been right, right, released. Not right now. Zet gets there and everybody's dead. It's horrific. It's horrific and there's, like, one person who's, like... Half alive still. Who's like? Is that? Did I dream that? You dream that? <laughs> I did that. No okay. one's alive. Never mind. Everyone's dead. I thought there was someone who was like. No, they see a recording of a guy. Who's oh, dying. that's right. Okay. Um, I knew, I knew somebody who was relaying the story somehow. No, so um, this is basically exactly like in the movie Serenity when they get to yeah the planet at the end where everyone's dead and they see the recording that Sarah Paulson made. Right, right, right. She died. Yeah. Everyone's dead. So he gets there and everyone. That's a big trope. Yeah. Like sci-fi, I feel like. Yeah. yeah. The, the, There's, like, a recording, and you see, like, the last moments of the last something person terrible happening. Yeah. And, um, everybody's, everybody's, but this is, this is almost like an Old West kind of yes, planet. Yes. Like it's very, very dusty. Yeah. And so he, I mean, there's bodies strewn everywhere. It's horrifying. It's, yeah, it's really graphic. And Boba Fett is also there. Yeah. Oh, and Boba Fett also shows up with Nula at one point, and they have a... Conversation that should have been a text message. Yeah, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. <laughs> um, so yeah, Boba Fett shows up and is like, are we in competition? And Zek says, no, no I'm, I'm looking, for, looking someone for, else. for this other rando. And Boba Fett says, fine. By the creed of the bounty hunters, <laughs> <laughs> we are equals. Bounty hunter creed. The bounty hunter creed seems very vague and but not reliable. I'm... I have a lot of questions about enforcement of the Bounty Hunter Creed. Uh, yeah, I don't think there is one. I think it's just, like, if you run into a Bounty Hunter who likes the Bounty Hunter Creed, you're fine. And if you don't, because even Boba Fett, he didn't follow the Bounty Hunter Creed last book. Well, apparently, you are allowed to kill other Bounty Hunters if you're after the same bounty. Um, which, having read the Bounty Hunter Creed, that's not what it says. Right. <laughs> but that's how, Boba Fett pre- that's how Boba Fett presents it right. in this book. Yeah. So yeah, so he and Boba Fett have an interaction. Right, and they find a recording where the last person dying of the plague says, you know, oh, that alien brought a plague on his ship, and we locked him in jail because of all of us dying. Right. And we're all going to be dead, so guess he's going to starve. Yeah. And they go and check in the jail, and yep. He did. Yeah. (laughs) He starved, and he left another recording. He left a little recording recording of himself saying... I didn't know there was a plague. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> this this really, this is just a, a bad hand all around. Yeah, big misunderstanding. <laughs> I'm so sorry. And so Zek goes back. So Zek Borgo, takes, He's in Borgo Prime, which is a planet, or like a, a system. system of like scum and villainy that right. we saw back in. A wretched Hive. Wretched Hive, yeah. Back in Shadow County with Tanel. I'm very Luke. proud of Kevin J. Anderson for not, not referring it <laughs> as a Again. Wretched Hive. Um, so he goes back to Borgo Prime 
and he sort of relays this information to the dude who uh, hired him and says, like, this guy's dead. Here's proof that he's dead. Right, here's the hollow. He's dead. Um, and then he has an interaction with... Mr. Wary. Mr. Wary, who's, like, it's born in Thule. Like, yeah. <laughs> 100%. It's absolutely born in Thule. And born in... Well, it's ties up with the plot, but Bornenthal hires Zach to find Tycho, who right. by the end of the book right, is, has gone missing. Has gone missing. Okay. So back to our <laughs> they go to Quar, yeah. which is like a rocky ruin, abandoned. Yeah, there's nobody nobody's there. Right. All gone. All gone. They have run-ins with giant spiders. Yep. Scary. Yeah. They a giant spider almost kills Tunnel Yeah. They find Raba, who is Loie's long lost friend slash love interest. Right. And they find before they find Raba, they find Born in Thal's Yeah, like scarf. a piece of his and they know it's his because it's ordinately decorated. Right. The <laughs> colors, the Alderanian yeah. colors. So they always have to point out. And he wrote a message on yes. the on, scarf yeah. where he said, If I'm found, everyone's gonna die. Right. So like don't. No, no finding, no finding me. <laughs> um, yeah, so... And then they run into Raba, and she helps them escape from the spider monsters. Yeah. And it's a bit awkward. Yeah, she's not super into humans. We find that she's sort of aligned herself... Right. With the diversity lines. She's not dead, also. No. So she faked her death yeah. because her coming-of-age ritual did not go well, yeah. and she was embarrassed, and she didn't want to go home a failure. Right, so she'd rather be dead. So she faked her own death yeah. and fled into space, right. where she met up with the diversity alliance and was sort of radicalized yeah. by Nula. She's not, like, completely... They have some moments where it's, like, kind of okay, but... Right, but she just doesn't, like... Yeah, she's just, like, not into hanging out with them. Lowy and her... Right. Have a couple moments. Right. Um, and then... Tycho? It's very confusing. Yeah. <laughs> this plot is confusing. I... <laughs> Tycho shows up at some point. So after... Yeah, so they're they're about to leave. And then Tycho shows up. And is like, hey, I came all this way. Let's look for Bornin. And yeah. they say... He's like, I didn't want you to do... like. You shouldn't be doing this alone, which, like, they shouldn't be. No, they shouldn't be. Kids. And then they say, like, oh, we actually finished. We're just leaving. And Tycho says, oh, come on! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so they do stay, but Raba leaves because Tycho is rude and condescending to, yeah, her. to her. Yeah, And eh, she might have just been busy. I yeah. don't know. And then they get attacked by assassin droids. Yeah, and one of them is EG-88, who... We know from Empire Strikes Back, he's that droid assassin that, or bounty hunter that um, Darth Vader, when he's like interviewing bounty hunters right. for, <laughs> to get Han, he's there. Um, yeah, so they're attacked by assassin droids. Right, and they're fleeing through the tunnels. Right. And that's it. And that's the end. So we don't even know, we didn't even know that Tycho got taken until we see sort of the end scene with Zek right. and where they say Wary. Where Wary says Tycho is, is, is taken. Um, and it ends on a cliffhanger, which is yeah, it's never, never happened before. For yeah, it's not yet happened in these books, um, and it's very confusing. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of questions. Yeah, I don't know how to break. Well, let's start with let's start with Aaron and the stool of it all. Sure. Maybe. So I have a lot of questions about what how maybe it's supposed to be a mystery. But how are we supposed to understand who Bornan 
is because everyone seems to have a really different read on his personality yeah. and his likely motives. So we, I was getting the same because I was convinced that in the end we were going to find out that Tycho was was bad. Me too. A hundred percent convinced. It seems like he's just a little bit of a doof. Like, yeah. Like <laughs> I thought he was acting really sort of suspicious. Yeah. And that it was going to be that he, he was evil and he was betraying them. But we didn't mention this. But he's also running some sort of droid uh, factory. Yeah, they have some really clumsy exposition early Mechis on. Mechis is called? Mechis 3. Mechis 3, yeah. Where he says to, her, her name's Aaron? Aaron, yeah. yeah. Aaron. Yeah, yeah. He, says to, he says to Aaron, oh, well, it was no problem for me to be here because that strange pro- programming glitch Mechis 3 suffered during Imperial Days is taken care of. And yeah. Like, That's going to okay. come up. Yeah. Well, I think they go, I feel like the next book they actually, like, go to Mechis. Go to Mechis. But it's it seems very, like, Clumsily laid out in yeah. this plot. I, I was a hundred percent convinced that I at the end sure of this book he was gonna he and EG eighty eight were gonna like turn around guns on right the young the Jedi. kids. And I thought that he I thought that he was like you know sort of a classic plot that it was gonna be that he was in love with Aaron. Yeah, and that would have made sense. Too. Trying to get I mean, it still is. I don't. I don't trying, to get, trying to get born and out of, trying to get Borden and Raynor out of the way so he could sort of like slide in. in here. It's the same that everyone is in love with her. She is... She's Leia. She's Leia. It's crazy. She's got, like, the long, thick hair and the braids, and her dress sounds gorgeous. Yeah. She just... She has the personality of Leia that but yeah, I she's thought also, we were going to get. <laughs> she's very, like, she's compassionate, but also no-nonsense. Yeah. And... She's really tough. She's tough. She's loyal. You know, they... It's when she decides... I'm bringing Raynar here. They can tell by sort of like the set of her her mouth right, that it's like not, we're not going to argue. Right, we just have to do what, what she we're says. Um, yeah, I loved her. I and thought I, she was wonderful. I was just like, why we needed this like strong adult female character so, so much sooner. Yes, <laughs> we we're getting, and it should have been Leia, and it wasn't. There's no reason for her not to be Leia, and she's also from Alderaan. She's from Alderaan. We when I did a tiny bit of Google research on this, that um, this book is dedicated to A.C. Crispin, who is the author of the Han Solo trilogy, which we'll be reading in a few weeks. And she is the one who sort of introduced the Thole family to the universe. And we get some of that in this book where Aaron talks about how she had a run-in with Han Solo and her and her husband, um, or her husband and Han, sorry, were kind of like competitive. Yeah, over her. Um, I mean, it was probably just, like, that he, Han was being sort of, like, flirty. Which she always is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't think it's quite as big a deal as she seems to make it out to be, but there's a history there um, between these two families that goes back quite a ways. Uh, and her, she's sort of, you know, I think somewhat like Leia, very into her Alderanian sort of heritage and keeping that alive. Yeah, I feel like she's more into it. More than into it maybe. Leia. I mean we don't I get that in the movies Leia is busy. Yeah. But she's got stuff to do. <laughs> but maybe it's just that she's still busy, but it seems like Leia is culturally much more just sort of aligned with general New Republic yeah. Coruscant in a way that the Thules are very committed to, right, to their Alderanian Alderaan culture and they do this really what sounds beautiful this sort of like ceremony of the waters. waters and I swear to god 
Jason and Jaina are like, when is this thing over? Looking at their watches, and they're like, it is beautiful, but it's so boring. Right. And, and like, shut up. That was why I feel like maybe Leia is not yeah. keeping the torch alive for all that, because her children do not know, know anything, anything about this. About Alderanian. They didn't know any Wookiee. No, they don't know anything about, like, Alderanian culture or tradition. Yeah. Yeah, I wrote down, I don't remember what I said about it. I said that. Like, Jason is the most, like, rude and incurious yeah. child. And even though I think he overall is a little bit better in definitely, this book. Definitely, he's definitely better. Like, that moment, I was like... Those the old Jason. It's not even just that, like, you're at someone's house. Right. And you are guests. Right. And you need to be polite. It's right. also, this is not just their culture. It's your culture, too. Right. This is your you mother's... You interested in this. Right. And if, like, I hadn't shown you the ceremony of waters before, I'd be like, oh, I wonder why, like... Ask questions. Right, you should be engaged with this. Yeah, and, and they're they, really not. They're just bored. Yeah, they're just like, oh, I don't want to near. Yeah, they're like, what are we having dinner? <laughs> <laughs> it's basically like, I mean, I understand that it's not a religious ceremony because it's a cultural thing, but and still, stuff, but it has that sort of same connotation where pe- different people have a role and you share like a moment. Yeah, is singing, it's, which Leia also would be a great singer. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And. Yeah, that they just don't connect with it at all. At all. And like 15 is old enough. Yeah, which I assume they're 15 by now. 15 is old enough (laughs) to engage with, to have some curiosity. Right. They're also the children, not, you know, not even that they're Alderanian, you know, themselves, but they are the children of diplomats. They are the children of people who, you know, we. We've, we saw them do this on, on Coruscant, right? Where right. they had ceremonial dinner, right? That they should be used to this kind of thing. Right. But no, just like he was really squirmy and impatient and bored when they had dinner with Lobaka's right. family. Right. No, it's... Leia did not raise them right. <laughs> like... I don't know if Leia raised them at, at all. all. <laughs> is maybe the problem. Well, maybe some, 3PO didn't raise them. There's been <laughs> some dereliction of duty somewhere because this makes them come off as... Very just sort of like spoiled yeah. and entitled, and but it's the lack of curiosity. Yeah, I guess that's ultimately the problem. Is that they they're just, just like not seem to care, not interested. And Tenelka is a hundred percent. You can see that she was raised right, right? That she's a hundred percent engaged. You know. She knows at what point she figures out at what point like she should participate in the right, ceremony. Right. She's all there. You know that if. Like, she was part of some sort of ceremony on Hapes, and she, like, wasn't engaged and wasn't participating. Her grandmother yeah. would be on her. Yes. <laughs> National on her yes. <laughs> like, You need to be polite. You need to, like, be right. respectful. It yeah. just seems... Where apparently these kids just occasionally came to dinners or events that Leia thought would be interest- they would be interested in. Right. And or then, where she needed them. Because and she, that needed, she them, needed them. Yeah. And then never corrected any of their terrible yeah. behavior. It's really infuriating. As a parent myself, I am horrified. (laughs) You know, you have to, you know, even if you are bored, you fake it. Like, that's what you have to do. It's just polite in any situation. It doesn't even have to be, you know, if you're just at someone's house for dinner. Right. You be nice. Yeah, you just behave yourself. Ugh. Yeah. I do. There's like a switch for, that I noticed with Tanel in this book, Tanel Ka and Jason, where she's starting to find him she funny? No. Well, there's a lot more. <laughs> they actually, I, I said that I thought that they have an actually very sweet yes. moment, which I haven't really thought they had before, <laughs> where Tanel, it 
it turns out, is basically playing a long wind-up. She's long conning him. She's doing a long wind-up on Jason where we see... From her perspective, when Jason is telling her a joke, that yeah. she actually is, like, internally, like, stealing herself to not react right. and, like, sort of ducking her head so he can't see her smile. Yeah, and, and I don't think it's that she finds him funny. I think she just, like, loves him and likes the attention. Right, I think she loves him and likes the attention. I think that she finds, like, that she's starting to see the sort of Fozzie Bearish charm yes. of his persistence in the joke yeah. thing. She's um, not, not that the jokes are good. Right. But that his commitment to them is adorable. Yeah, there's something so charming about him. She also... He continues to be like Jason the Labradoodle. Yeah, yeah, he's like a little bit calmer. He also, or or Tanelka has internal monologue where she's watching Jason be like a little bit kinder to Raynar, which he should have been the whole time. And in her head thinking like... That Jason's so sweet. Yeah. And like, what a saint. Yeah. (laughs) I'd be like, have you been watching him this whole whole time? time? Because this is real new. (laughs) But this is, like, maybe Jason did get hit in the head during Jedi Under Siege because he is different. He is a little bit different. Yeah. I mean, he has those moments, but like, during the Ceremony of Waters, they're all kind of being a little bit. Loey's a little bit disengaged too. Yeah. But, I mean, even the way in which he's sort of, like, squirmy and wants dinner is, like, a labradoodle. Yeah, like, right, right. It's, like, not ill-intentioned. He, yeah, he is the one who sort of uh, starts this, uh, we need to be a little bit kinder to Raynar. He's the one sort of pushing for it initially. Right, so he com- he comes across Raynar alone in the woods. It's so sad. It's the <laughs> And he's like, hey, what you doing? Yeah, and, like, clearly he's crying because his dad had been dead. Yeah. Jason, come on. And Raynar's like, nothing, and Jason says, come on, what you doing? And Jason, again, I keep calling him a labrador, but it's just that he's, like, so happy and so eager to be engaged with other people and totally oblivious to any kind of negative emotion in the world. He's just, like, the dog and up or whatever. Um, But he, Raynar's like, okay, well, I was trying to meditate and reach out with the Force to see if I could use it to find my father. Like, my heart. And Jason, in a moment of profound character growth, like, in his head, like, well, I want to tell him a joke, but this is probably not Not the moment to tell him a joke. And I was was so proud proud of Jason Solo Solo. that he knew not to tell someone (laughs) a joke. Um... And yeah, then Luke says, I'm taking Raynar back to yeah. his mom. And Jason says, we should come too. Yeah. Which like, <laughs> again, like, not raising your kids right. That is not how you go places. Right. And not how you invite yourself to places. Mm-hmm. Also, Luke should be like, I should call I your should parents. Ask your parents. I should also call Raynar's mom and yeah. make sure it's okay that I bring three other or four other yeah. <laughs> people with me. So she can host them. But no. No, it looks it's like, oh, that's a great idea. <laughs> I love it. There will be fewer people here to bother me. Yeah. Fewer people to not teach. Yeah. And once again, Tion will be pet sitting for Jason while he's gone. <laughs> Tion, I hope she's getting paid a lot. more than a moderate amount because <laughs> she is 30 jobs on this planet. Yeah, and she's still here. She's still here. Like she And was, it is, I think, because she's like, if I leave, this place is going to fall to pieces. There's no way these people are going to survive yeah. without me. Oh, let's also maybe talk about the scene with uh, Nula 
That's me. Yeah. Nula. Nula and Boba Fett. Oh my god. Because. Nula has Boba Fett's number. A hundred percent. Nula sees right through that BS. So Boba Fett comes by to just update Nula yeah. on what happened in the last book. book. Yeah, basically. Because they have no way of contacting people. Nobody does. Other than in person. <laughs> or delivering a hollow. Delivering a hollow. But you have to, like, like physically. Face, you have to face-to-face. Yeah. Someone has to physically traverse the <laughs> galaxy. To bring a message to, to bring anybody. bring a message. So he comes, Boba Fett comes in just to say, well, I tried to catch Bornenthal, and I didn't. Yeah. But. I'm, I'm going to keep looking. Yeah, we ran into the Solo Skywalkers. And they messed it up for me. But, yeah. you know. We're going to keep going. And Nula says. Are you sure that you're Boba Fett? Yeah, and she not brings like a lady. <laughs> that is a hundred percent what she said. She's she like, said, remember that time that Leia, Princess Leia, dressed up was the Bosque as like a yeah right that bounty hunter on Jabba's palace and like she was pretending to be a bounty hunter but really she was a woman. Are you really a woman? Yeah, like, <laughs> maybe a woman. And then she like lists other things too. She's like, or maybe like. Just someone posing. Right. Are you human? Right. Are right. You, you know. We have no idea what's underneath that mask. And he's like, I'm 100%. <laughs> I'm not taking <laughs> off my mask. Yeah. I'm Boba Fett for sure. Boba Fett. Yeah. Woke Boba. up in the morning, looked in the mirror and said, that's Boba Fett. <laughs> so like 100%. Not it's Boba not Fett. Not Boba Fett. It's definitely a woman. And I'm pretty sure it's his like, daughter or something. Like yeah. It is not <laughs> Boba Fett. Which is good because this is... A very ineffective Boba yes. Fett. But it makes sense if it's somebody who has an idea in their head of, of what, what Boba, Boba Fett, Fett is be. supposed to be like right. and is pretending to be Boba and Fett. And I can accept that because this is really Boba Fett. My whole idea of the Star Wars universe is just shattered. Well, <laughs> this is really Boba Fett. It really sort of uh, <laughs> strengthens my initial perception of Boba Fett. Yeah. It's just kind of a dude who got lucky. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. But this Boba Fett would never get out of the Sarlacc pit. No. <laughs> no. Um, so I'd be like, I'll wait for someone to come get me. <laughs> Boba Fett. <laughs> um, but like, but yeah, I love where she's like, are you maybe a woman? Well, like, you're definitely a woman. <laughs> and the other thing, sort of related to that point, is the way that Zek sees bounty hunting, which is as this like fun time. Yeah. Like. Just making friends and like no traveling. Boba, no, Zach <laughs> trying to become a bounty hunter is like Dave Franco in Disaster Artist trying to yeah. become an actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, just like, I'm here. Right. I'm going to do great. And it's great. And now I've got a friend who's really weird, but I'm going to stick by him. And we're going to get there together. It's like a Sestero of Universe. Yeah, he's like, we got this. Helping out, even when he's talking to the three-armed guy, he's like a moderate amount. Like he's so excited, he's like I'm gonna prove myself with this and I'm make my name. He's and like, he, I know I'm new, but I got heart, and I'm gonna <laughs> go out there and bounty hunt the best that I can. Yeah, he's yeah, like Tina Turner, first <laughs> arrived in the big city. Yeah. I got fifty cents in my pocket, but tomorrow I'll be famous. Yeah, so like, like that's all I need is just someone to believe in me. I just need my one shot. Yeah, and he's got it. Um, and he also, I thought was adorable at the end when he's coming back he's like the guy I was supposed to find is dead I'm gonna get yelled at yeah, he's <laughs> like, like really sheepish he's about it he's, me. he's not gonna pay me the modern amount of money <laughs> which could have been like a nickel <laughs> <laughs> and the guy's like no you 
did your job. Right, that's what bounty hunting is. Like you brought me proof of what happened. That's right, that's all I needed. And yeah, five you bucks. Found him. There you go. <laughs> you get, your cash is good at the bar. Yeah. <laughs> One free drink. Moderate amount. It's a modest bounty. Um, <laughs> yeah, bounty hunting in this book is strange. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, I guess bounty hunting is a strange industry I mean, it is, in but, reality but anyway. It's, but like, I feel like in the Star Wars universe, at least up until this point, it was sort of like the Wild West. Yeah. Like, you know. And I think it's still supposed to be like I think that. it is, but the way both female Boba Fett and <laughs> Zach are bounty hunting, I'm like, is it fun? <laughs> it seems to be one of those jobs that like I can't do anything else. Right. It's like, a I'm outside the law. Like, I just, this is my... Outside the law, but also not exactly illegal. Yeah, because Zach, when Zach decides to become a bounty hunter in the last book, everyone's like, that seems like a great Yeah. Job and here, <laughs> in this book, Jaina quotes the bounty hunter code yeah. to a bounty hunter. Yeah. Which is like a 100% Jaina A Jaina move. It's just like, you can't do this. This is your backstory. <laughs> or this is the... Yep. You you <laughs> fail to follow the bounty hunter code, yeah. which is to always do your research. Yeah. I know that because my friend's a bounty yeah, hunter. Yeah, she's yeah. just Yeah, she's so precocious. Yeah. It's very cute. Yeah. <laughs> wants to but it's also EG eighty eight who's like an assassin droid. Yeah. It's scary. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not talk back to him. Yeah, maybe maybe we don't smart mouth IG eighty eight. Um so what else? Oh, um maybe we should maybe Maybe we should hold off and save it, or maybe we can talk about it now. But I have a lot of thoughts about Nula as a villain. Mm-hmm. Because I think she's a much more sort of realized and mature, like a villain of a more mature story than what we've than gotten Brackus. so far. Right? Yeah. Brackus is just sort of, like, he himself is a pretty shallow character yeah. the whole way through. We don't get much, like, there's not a lot of layers to Brackus. Yeah, no. He's just very surface. He's pretty, and he's into the dark side, and yeah. he's so bad at Luke. Yeah. <laughs> and that's pretty much it, and he's real, real rock dumb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's seen dumb. And she's, Nula is, she's not dumb, and she's, you know, sort of got all these, like, intersectional interests where she's, you know, obviously... Primarily focused on alien oppression, but she's also very keyed into gender yeah. um, and patriarchy because she's not just looking at oppression of aliens by humans. She's also seeing female aliens being oppressed by, by male aliens. aliens yeah. That she's from this twilight cult, twilight culture where women were all enslaved, um, and she she's got that thing going where you don't totally agree with her conclusions. I, as a human, right. am against a plague that wipes right. out all humans, but you get where she's coming from. Yeah, which I think is sort of similar to our understanding of, not maybe Brackus in particular, but, like, the Shadow Academy in general, right? The, right. Or, like, the um, the way in which they they were... Well, like, Zek's arc Right, right, Shadow right, Academy. that's what I meant. That, like, the way in which they were recruiting, right, sort of made a lot of sense. In the same way that I think this is meant to sort of challenge yeah. as well, right? That, like, you kind of do see... You see the point right. that she's making and why she would be so angry. Right. And, and I mean, I kind of need her to strengthen it a little bit when it comes to her anger towards the New Republic. And she's got some yeah. more books to flush this out, so I'm yeah. sure she'll get there. But 
I get why she's mad with the Imperials, because the Imperials had an explicitly humans first, anti-alien kind of agenda, where they would enslave aliens, and they would murder aliens, I mean, they'd murder a lot of people, but they murdered aliens a lot, and the New Republic is supposed to be a coalition of humans and alien races, but humans do seem to dominate it. Yeah. But that, I think she needs to sort of finesse that a little bit more. Point yeah. A little bit we more. Have a, we didn't get a whole lot of her just yet. No. I think they're saving. But what we got was very rich. Yeah. Like, yeah. there's a lot of mythology in. Yeah, and the Twilight mythology. In that's Nula. sort of like backstory. Yeah, she was actually a little bit like um, Michael B. Jordan's character in Black Panther. Yeah. Where, right, yeah, yeah. You know, she's someone who's been through a lot, it's hardened her, it's made her, like, angry, and she's someone that you can be sympathetic with without really identifying with. Yeah. That you don't, she's, she's read The Wretched of the Earth. Yeah, 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 She's decided, you know, uh, decided that the, you can only overthrow the oppressor by being violent in the same way as the oppressor. Which I feel like is kind of heavy for yeah. a kid's book. It, I do feel that these books sort of move back and forth between some of those. Because, like, even the Shadow Academy arc had ideas that were... Right, like economic yeah, disparity um, and privilege and oppression. And, and then stuff. ultimately didn't really do no anything with it. Um, and I'm hoping that this arc... And my vague recollection of this is that it does sort of challenge um a little bit more intensely right um i I hope that it engages with those issues a little bit more directly than than shadow academy yeah i have some hope for it i mean i don't remember i remember so little of this which is crazy what i remember (laughs) is the stuff about nula and i remember i remembered from childhood the scene of her being like hey are you a lady (laughs) (laughs) but i remember nothing of this stuff on yeah. And I don't think I, I don't remember anything with IG-88, even though I know I must have read. Yeah, I, do, I vaguely remembered IG-88, although that might be just because he's on the cover of the next one. Yeah. <laughs> so that might have. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, I feel like, I mean, even like the stuff with Havrock. <laughs> is a wolf man. He's a wolf man that eats a dude. He eats a dude. That's what I was going to get to, is this idea <laughs> that he eats a dude. So, but... Is it really that bad of him that he eats a dude? I don't know. That's what I... I want more, like, like how the Star Wars universe distinguishes between alien and creature. Right, because on the one hand, I'm against eating people. Yeah, eating people suck. As as a people myself, (laughs) I am opposed to being eaten alive by a giant wolf man. On the other hand... Is that what he eats? That is what he has evolved to eat. It is not unethical for a lion we don't, to I guess we don't know that for sure. He seems seems to come naturally to him. Yes, but he, you know, on his home planet... Do they have humans to eat? Do they have humans eat? to eat? I don't know. But it's... it's but, I mean, he's obviously a, a carnivorous predator. Yes. Who right. Who is evolved to eat mammalian, large mammalian right, species. Right, right. And, and maybe that's... What, He's even living within the bounds of society such that the guy that he eats is a guy who got sent to him explicitly for eating. Eating, yeah. That there is some planet out there, and this is <laughs> probably really on those people, yeah. who the way they carry out the death penalty is they put you on a ship right. and you send you to Havrock. <laughs> yeah, so maybe... eats you. So he's 
completely within the bounds. Of, <laughs> it's really, yeah, and I think this is an evolved conversation of our conversations about, like, the Banthas and the, like, right. transporting aliens that live on one planet to a completely different planet just because, like, you need to lift a rock. Yeah. Like, I don't know, like, what are the boundaries of, like, transporting creatures? Like, at what point of consciousness does a creature then become an alien? Aliens versus creatures. I mean, obviously, in the world that we live in, so far as we know, there's just, like, humans and not humans. But, like, if we lived in a world where you had, like, Chewbacca's and... Right, there's, like, this gray area that I... Like, and in that world, would we be okay with... Zoos having okay, fine with the birds, but what about the gorillas right, and the elephants? Right, right? right. like, like they have societies and everything. <laughs> are they like the rancors or are they like yeah? And rancors have society and mythology. Yeah, they do. They have a very deep mythology and like a society amongst themselves. Yeah. So, like, do we eat rancors? No, no. <laughs> we can't eat rancor. But. Yeah, so, and I feel like, this, again, and I hate to keep going back to this, but, like, this is something that Star Trek what does so well, and if they hadn't figured out, would have an episode or a film about, about figuring it out. out. Yeah, and I have to say, like, I keep going to Star Trek, and I have, <laughs> all, my only exposure to Star Trek is in the new, the three I new movies. Some so. exposure to Star Trek, but... Nowhere near the immersion that I have in the Star Wars universe, so. And I mean, my <laughs> complaint, yeah, and my complaint with Star Trek was always that, like, it's kind of boring, and not the new movies, but I stand by that with classic Star Trek, it's kind of boring, I like Star Wars better, but they have the mechanics of their universe. Yes, figured out. Way better worked yeah, out. For sure. This is a mess. <laughs> yeah, And in the movie, in the Star Wars films, it doesn't really matter that much, because you're not bringing those questions. Right, none of this would be uh, relevant. The thing about these books, which I like, is that they are starting to bring these questions up. The problem is that so far haven't really, like, brought that to its conclusion, no. right? Or, no, they've just raised some questions, but it seems like they just, like, raise and then toss aside <laughs> questions. They're just questions raining across the expanded universe like confetti. Right. And <laughs> nobody's <laughs> answering them. And maybe so it's just, like, a ticker-tape parade of <laughs> troubling questions. Maybe when we get to, like, the longer novels maybe there'll be more time maybe to f- and i and i'm hoping with the diversity alliance arc that or the emperor's plague arc i'm not sure what it's officially called but we'll it's gotta be the diversity alliance yeah, arc um that we will at least tackle these questions a little bit a more, little more in depth i hope so um because it is it is frustrating to have like some really cool ideas be brought up and then just not do anything right yeah there's still a bunch of homeless children on Coruscant yeah right right. (laughs) just right for the picking if you're trying to create another evil army right the starving masses of Coruscant are a great place to start um at one point oh when when Boba Fett when I don't know how quote unquote Boba Fett when Lady Fett shows up (laughs) and Nula is reflecting on Boba Fett to herself she's and she says like Boba Fett, for some reason, has chosen to be a bounty hunter when he could be a great leader. Why does she think Boba Fett could be a great leader? I don't know. <laughs> that was an interesting quote of hers. I guess maybe because I think we're supposed to think that Boba Fett is charismatic. Mm. I mean, I don't. <laughs> but are we supposed to think? I feel like... Or just... 
Boba Fett is a real tell-don't-show kind of character. But he's we're also... supposed to think that Boba Fett is a tactical genius. We're supposed to think that Boba Fett's a hardcore badass. Yeah. We're supposed to think that Boba Fett is charismatic. And Boba Fett gives me none of that. I mean, I think eventually, and much to the delight of your husband, Angus, <laughs> we'll have to read the Mandalorian right. trilogy, which is an expanded universe uh, a trilogy about, I think, Boba Fett, but maybe just Mandalorian stuff. In general. In general. But to me, Boba Fett and the allure of Boba Fett as a kid and, like, why he was sort of interesting and why I think people continue to think he's interesting is because he works by himself. Right. He's completely out for himself. He has no loyalty to anybody but him. That's true. The prequels complicate this in a way that's maybe not as interesting. But in the... In Empire and Jedi, he is... He has a really stupid death, but he yeah. is very much like you have no background on him. You have no idea where he comes from. He looks so cool. He looks really cool, and he's always he has a jetpack. He does have a jetpack. That's cool. Like he is just he is the like the Lone Ranger. He is like off on his own, doing his own thing. Yeah, and he's more like a force. He's like a force of nature more than a character. Yes, right. He's yeah. always just sort of like there and full of. Potential, right? Brooding. He Maybe seems... that's what Boba Fett is. Is just Boba Fett is just a, a Mandalorian armor full of yeah. untapped potential. So maybe Nula is fangirling over him in a way that like <laughs> is not. <laughs> she actually hasn't like looked into that. Yeah, like, and people... has just heard. It, I I do get the impression too that there's a lot of mythology about Boba Fett within the Star Wars expanding universe yeah. that maybe is not true, right? That his he's the Red I, Pirate Robert. He's the Pirates, right? Like his identity has grown larger yeah. than who he was and what he is. And I'm sure there are stories that get like, you know, oh that was definitely Boba Fett and it wasn't him. Right. That he has just like built this personality. And that's why that this lady could come in and pretend to be Boba Fett, right? That, and it like, just sort of works. Right. Like because nobody knows who she is. Right. Or who he is. Nobody understands exactly what Boba Fett is. He's such a mystery and that's right. kind of the power of it. I can buy all that. Yeah. That seems reasonable. Um but can we talk about the knock knock joke that Jason tells? Yeah, it took me a full minute to realize it was a to knock-knock figure joke. out what was going on. Was it like buzz buzz? He says buzz buzz. What is that? <laughs> I guess it's supposed to be like a community. I guess making noise or something. But like is that? it? <laughs> I have no idea. But he said like knocking could still be a thing. Knocking is still a thing. Like, that thing doesn't go away when you invent, like... Technology. Technology. You still knock on things. I guess it's like you... It's like a doorbell. Like a doorbell? But, ding but dong. we've invented doorbells in our world. <laughs> we still say knock, knock. <laughs> ding dong. Ding dong, ding dong. Who's there? I'm like... Buzz, buzz. It, like, threw me for a loop. Yeah, he said buzz, buzz. And I just stared at the page. <laughs> Why is he saying this? There's also a lot of like awkward hugging. Yeah. Jada hugs Aaron. And Raynar. And Raynar. She hugs Aaron to cover up for hugging Raynar. I guess. But that doesn't really cover it up because like Raynar and her are sort of friends. Like not really, well, but Raynar is freaked out when his own mother hugs yeah. him. Yeah. Because apparently they're not touchy feely people. Which maybe that's an Alderaan thing. So yeah. I don't feel like Leia's giving no. out a bunch of snuggles in no, the yeah, palace. That might be a cultural Um Yeah, so then when Jane is leaving, I guess it's like she has this sort of like 
outpouring of compassion towards Raynar. She yeah. feels really bad for Raynar, and so she goes, she gives him a hug, and then she feels awkward about mm-hmm. singling him out for a hug, so then she also gives yeah. Aaron a, a hug. hug. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just like an awkward hugging. Yeah. They have an amazing Cirque du Soleil dinner that I'm really yeah. curious about. Are they, like, they're... So that either means that they gave their secret coordinates to a dance troupe to come entertain them with dinner. No, they have Or one on they have an on-staff <laughs> dance definitely have troupe. We've seen a lot of circus performances <laughs> in the book, books that we've read. Yeah. Courts of Princess Leia. Yep. Lightsabers. Yep. And now this. And now this. Yeah, we're, we're, this is our eighth. Yeah, we're more than halfway done with the, yeah. with the Young Jedi Knights, but this is our ninth. Oh, this is our ninth, but that's still a yeah. third of these books. I have had some sort of Cirque du Soleil yeah, juggling. A lot of, like, a lot of men showing off their gymnastic skills. Yeah. That seems to be a common thing. A lot of rhythmic gymnastics. <laughs> Was that, like, a popular thing in the 90s? They were like, Rhythmic gymnastics? Yeah. Was rhythmic gymnastics ever popular? No, I feel like in the 90s, just regular gymnastics. Right. I mean, gymnastics, obviously, people are always impressed with when it's time for the Olympics. Yeah. I feel like we had some, like, famous figure skaters in the 90s. Yeah, we did, for now. sure. Yeah. But, uh... Yeah, I don't know why this is a huge... Yeah. And I I would say more famous, like, female skaters and gymnastics Right. Yeah, I can, I can think of, like... Seems like a lot of these guys. I can think of famous gymnasts, but they're all women. Yeah, yeah, I can. It's very strange. Yeah, <laughs> but they have like they have dinner in a yellow room, and in the middle of the yellow room is a dome, mm-hmm. a soundproof dome that the with the table and the food, yeah. and it's an amazing spread and everything. And then outside of the dome, it's like a low gravity area. So they have these dancers who are yeah, floating through around. the air doing dances yeah. for the amusement of the of the diner. It was a very sort of Vegas sort yeah. of. I would like to live on the Thule. It seems like a fun, yeah, like a fun time. It seems and Rainer is very fond. Like he he says that basically he grew up right on the ship because right. Alderaan was gone and they were tr- you know traders merchants kind of so they would travel all around and he mostly spent his childhood here on the ship right um which like it explains why he's kind of awkward because he hasn't he only has rhythmic gymnastics (laughs) people to talk to yeah he's not he's not integrated into any culture right he just has his his the his only sort of cultural touchstones are from a place that no longer exists right you know, it'd be like growing up Prussian now. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, you're you know, like away from, and not even a place that no longer exists, but you're growing up in a place that is devoid of it too, right? right. Or like whatever culture the people on that ship bring to it is what's there, yeah. right? That you don't have, like there's no physical place. Right. There's no native, there's no native culture to right. your ship. To your ship. Yeah. And the culture that is on your ship is of a place that is, yeah. is gone. Poor Raynar. I well, still feel real bad for him. He's really been through it. He's been through it, and then he's not allowed to do anything. Yeah, then they just leave him with his mom. Yeah. Which, like, I get that she wouldn't want him to go, but, like, I don't think Lan Han would want them to go either. Yeah! <laughs> Nobody calls up anybody and Nobody is like, we're said, sending your kids. Yeah, when they said, like, oh, we'll go to court and check it out, 
And Aaron's like, I couldn't let you kids do that. Right. And Rainer's like, Mom, they're not kids. They're Jedi, Jedi knights. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, Excuse me, young man. Yeah. They're kids. Yeah. They're not adults. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. But yeah, like, so I was shocked that she didn't stop them. Stop them or reach out and ask. And again, it would be so easy to just have them sneak off. Yeah, why don't they sneak away? Why don't away? they sneak off? Why is it always, why are there always adults Dulce giving co- them permission? Why are adults always co-signing yeah. these plans? It would be so easy to just have them sneak off. Yeah. They don't need to have, it's really, really mind-boggling, like, how they are, yeah, constantly being sent off. Yeah. Like, on vacation, on dangerous missions, by themselves, nobody's checking in with Han and Leia, as far as we know. No. Like, it's, yeah, as, like, refreshing as this was in some ways. For me, like, like, it was, it was very refreshing because we got so many new characters. Yeah, and new characters. New characters do so much for these And I think the structure, you know, even though there's not really an arc in the book itself, like, getting away from Yavin for most of the book, not returning to Yavin at the end. Yeah. I think was... Was kind of and ending on a cliffhanger, which that was does, nice. does a lot. Yeah, that was definitely that was definitely nice, and I'm def I'm hoping that we get more. I mean, like I get why I get why Nula's mad. Although I I don't get why Nula's mad at the New Republic. I see why Nula would be mad at the Empire. Yeah. And I mean, her sister was killed. There were no humans involved in Nula's in yeah. death. That was Bib Fortuna and Jabba. So right. I'm kind of going to be interested to see. The direction that she takes in yeah. rationalizing and explaining her yeah. sort of rage. Um, which seems, I, I get why she's pissed, but, you know. Yeah, yeah some more detail. Some like, more explanation of the direction that this is flowing in. Yeah. Um, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, this was an interesting one. It did feel like kind of a stepping stone. Yeah. To something right. else. And Shards of all, like, I keep thinking back. To Shards of Alderaan, which is the one we did last week. Right. And, like, Zek on that, on his, like, home planet, and, like, that stuff seems, like, bananas a long time ago and has no effect. I think that might be my biggest complaint about this, is that our characters went through some really serious stuff (laughs) last time. It hasn't been that long. And it's sort of water under the bridge. Right. Let's move forward. Um, Especially for Zek. Who seemed like a little bit of a different character in this book. Right. He was... I mean, maybe this was sort of a return to what Zek was like yeah. before, before the Shadow Academy. Yeah. Although I never really got the sense that he was like a cheerful, gung-ho kind of... No. I mean, I guess he must have been pretty gung-ho. Yeah. Well, gung-ho in the sense of like, you know, adventures and Coruscant. Yeah. But and I the feel sort like... Of direction. I mean, I but it, you know, you get the feeling he always had, like, a mischievous glint in yes, his eye. Yes, for sure. And he just seems so, like, uh, what's the word? Wanting to please and, and sort of, yeah. like, do a good job in the way that you sort of, thinking of him as a kind of, like, a lost boy, sort of, like, scat, like, I don't care about right. authority. Um, yeah, it was... It, no, he was definitely looking for someone to, like, tossle his hair. Yeah, and they did a good job. Like, and maybe that's what Peckham was doing for him all these years. <laughs> and now that Peckham's gone, he's like, oh, actually, I do need someone to just 
at least I like, give me a smile. And, yeah. Or maybe that's what Jason and Jaina were doing for him. Yeah, like, right. he needs someone to be impressed yeah. with him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm glad people are being nice to Raynar. Yeah, and they need to keep it up because poor Raynar. Yeah, he's going through a lot. He's having a hard time. I did like the part where Raynar said to Jason, like, can you even imagine what it's like to not know if someone in your family is dead or alive? Yeah. And Jason's like, that actually happens yeah. in my family. That's, that's, I'm the person they're wondering if they're dead or alive, like, all the time. <laughs> I, like, I, I totally know what that's, I know exactly what that's like. Do you know how many times me and my sister and brother have been kidnapped? And Jason's like, oh yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, like, every book. <laughs> We're just off. <laughs> To the point now where our parents don't care. Yeah, no one's <laughs> I think they just call us when you're either alive or dead. I think that now they just generally assume that we've been kidnapped yeah. and don't bother trying to check in. We're 100% gone. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty Yeah, that pretty was good. Cute. Yeah, so yeah. overall, I definitely feel like this was yeah, this moving was in the, a step in the right direction. In the right direction. And I'm I'm the most interested in Nula yeah, right now. As our villain. And I look forward to the day when Jaina inevitably explains to Nula yeah. <laughs> who she is in her background. You're upset because your sister died. <laughs> but that's not right. You're upset because your sister died, but your sister was killed by John the Hutt. Aliens. So explain yourself. Yeah. Oh, and like quick sidebar about Jabba the Hutt, even mm-hmm. though this is from the movies. Yes. But it's just been eating at me mm-hmm. for years. Is Jabba the Hutt sexually attracted to human women? I or humanoid women? We're meant to think. Because yes. I don't get it. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think if this gets talked about in any other... Hansel and Trilogy, we're going to talk a lot about Huts. They come up a lot. Just I, like Tales he, from Jabba's Palace, I don't... I cannot believe that Jabba the Hutt like, reproduces sexually in the same way that, like, mammals. No, but... Like, but is, he, he, is he just into the aesthetic <laughs> of slave girls? Or is he getting something from having the bikini girls around? I think he's getting, because he, like, he does that tongue-licking yeah, thing to does. Leia. And he, like, keeps her really close by. I is thought that, it was more like a pet. Is that normal for us? Or is John with a Hutt a sexual deviant? No, I think that might be... I think we're... I think Huts are supposed to be gross and creepy and... Seems like a poor evolutionary There's direction. definitely, like, a Hut lore that comes up, and I don't... Because Huts can... De- there's no way Huts and humans can reproduce. No, no, but... So it seems, seems like poor evolutionary... <laughs> Choice to. I, mean, I was gonna say that maybe he just keeps them around because, like, that's Jabba's palace. Like, you've got. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, it's like an aesthetic women. thing. But, but he does seem to enjoy. Yeah. Them. He also enjoys killing them. I don't. I mean, I think Tell. I'm really hoping Tell from Jabba's palace are gonna clear some of this up, and I think. I think we get some hut stuff in the Han Solo trilogy. Alright, well, I remain... I We need to do Tales from Jabba's Palace at some point, because... It comes up a lot. <laughs> it comes up a lot, and this has been making me curious about, like, the yeah, and the pretty, workings of Jabba's Palace. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Dave Wolverton has a short story. I know A.C. Crispin has a short story in Tales from Jabba's Palace. Kevin J. Anderson edited it, and I think he wrote at least one, maybe two of them. We're gonna need to get in there. So, yeah, at some point soon after... After the Han Solo trilogy. After the Han Solo trilogy, we gotta just, like, get, get through yeah, the Tales from Jabba's Palace. Definitely. I remember loving it a lot. And it's good. It's, like, little, obviously, little stories yeah. that sort of flesh out what was going on at yeah. the time. I think Mara Jade shows up in those. Oh, we haven't had her yet. I know. It seems like 
It's a really Too long, long time to go without Mara <laughs> Jade. Jade. Yeah, we gotta get some Mara Jade. Yeah. Oh. Had been here. At one point, somebody, Jason says, oh, well, we've got our lightsabers and Rob has got a good blaster by our side. Yeah. Because we yes. cannot get through a book but without Jason quoting Han Solo. He also says it's not my fault at one point. It's not my fault. Like, right. Like, <laughs> see my mom says it's not his fault. I was like, oh. I mean, it's, it's, it's becoming less better. and less it's, in so your face. It is getting reined in. Um, but it is still really hard. Yeah. And it's, Jay- it's mostly Jason at this point who's doing it and yeah. quoting his father. Yeah, Jason quotes Han, who just, like, repeats himself <laughs> daily. Maybe that's why Leia's like, I gotta keep busy because <laughs> I cannot take this. I can't handle Han telling. Quoting himself. He thinks he has catchphrases that are not catchphrases. <laughs> He's like Ben Franklin in 1776. <laughs> She's like, you better send those kids away because <laughs> I have more to do than sit here listening to you quote yourself. Yeah, like. you're just like quoting himself. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that, that pretty much hit, yeah. covers it for, I think for me. Got All right. Well, so that's next it. Next week. Next week is Delusions of Grandeur. Grandeur. Not Jedi Bounty, which I was getting most confused. Yeah. Delusions of Grandeur. It's like IG-88 on the cover. I feel like we're going to Mecca's. Right. I think you're right. Oh my god. Well. (laughs) (laughs) I found something out the other day when I was reading something online about Uh this. We have been, we have been calling Loewy's droid by the wrong thing this whole time. What is it? It's just MTD. Not EMTD? Not EMTD. Like the fact that it's been spelled like E. M. That's phonetically how you write the word M. M. But in the book, isn't it spelled out? No. <laughs> it's just M hyphen T D. E M T D. So we've been adding a letter M-T-D. to his name. <laughs> we've got no complaints. <laughs> All right. Well, that was that. Yeah. Okay. Right, we'll try to fix it. So I can't guarantee it. No, he's definitely stuck in it. He's it's... definitely stuck in the MTD for All right. That's it for us here this week, and we'll be back with Delusions of Grandeur. Bye. More haunting. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>